Welcome back to Ew That's Creepy podcast. We are continuing our evil twins theme. In this episode, Jackie will be telling us about identical twins Dante and Dante Hall. These twins had a tough upbringing that led them to commit horrendous crimes. Please be aware that this episode will discuss drugs and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Hellcats. Welcome back to another week of Ooh, That's Creepy. And today we are continuing the Evil Twins theme. And I'm going to be telling Melissa uh, another story about what you could call Evil Twins. I'm so excited to hear this one. Mine last week was so disgusting, but it needed to be told. Sorry. Okay, but let me already guess, Jackie, did you find this from the Evil Twins show? Okay, I didn't find it from the show. I found it snooping online, but it, of course, had an episode of Evil Twins. Yes. Which I was, I was happy about because it's like, this, I found a lot of information about the actual crime online, but it's like, you can never find the backstories about people online. That's why I like the TV episodes. Yeah, I knew too. And I'm sure you guys, like, at some point might think maybe it's just because we're lazy. We don't want to find the time to read articles or something like that. But genuinely, you do get more information from the shows because people are just more honest, obviously, in person talking to a camera. Like, if I didn't... That episode last week, I would say... 90% of the information came from the Evil Twins episode and wasn't even reported, so... That's kind of how mine is. Yeah. It's just... The shows be hitting. Thanks, ID. Yeah, thank you, ID. We appreciate all the shows you guys make because we use the information that we would not have elsewhere. Is yours recent? Is it old? Meh. Yeah, it's older. Like, well, 2006 is when it happened, so... What? What? Mine... Okay, no, mine was around that time. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, super old, but it's not recent. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. All right, let's get into it. So this happens in Eustis, Florida, which is 35 miles from Orlando. It's an area that has, like, a good amount of retirees who live there soaking up the sun, but it also has a rougher side. Uh, There's an area that's called The Valley, which is kind of, like, just known as not the best area. Okay, so the opposite of California Valley. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. And there are some guys who, I guess, I don't know if it's like a group of like a lot of boys or men, they're not boys, but on the show it said that these like group of guys called themselves the Valley Boys, so I don't really know where that comes from and how many boys this implies, but they're men, they're not boys. It's funny because this is literally the opposite of the valley in California because the valley girls are the the bougie girls, but this is like Florida Valley. Yeah, the complete opposite of that. So this happens in September of 2006. There are some guys that are throwing a little house party. Are the valley boys like a gang? No. Okay. That's what I was going to say. They're not a gang. And that's why I don't even know where this name comes from or like... You just are boys that live in the valley? Yeah. (laughs) That's what the show says, so it's just like, okay. Okay. (laughs) If that's what they say. But a group of these guys 
are throwing a bachelor party for one of their friends. Uh, Willie Shelton, he is the one setting up the party, so I think it's at his house. And it's supposed to be about 12 to 15 people. It says, I think it's all guys since it's a bachelor party. Mm -hmm. But at around 1 a.m., they do invite three dancers. I was just going to yes, say. Yes, you know, they have dancers planned and scheduled. What's so a, What's a bachelor bachelorette party without some dancers? Right. Yeah, so in true bachelor party fashion, they have three dancers, and they arrive at 1 a.m. Let me just say, I don't know why, it really, it kind of annoys me on TV when they just say strippers. Like, I feel like that is just, like, kind of derogatory. Like, I'm sure that is what they were called in 2006, but I just feel like now, you know, dancers is more... Yeah, well, I think... Not as, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, like, something about the term stripper. Well, especially for events, because I feel like sometimes at events it's more dances and not actually stripping in the way it would be at a club. So, I agree with you. But you know what? If you're an exotic dancer, you let us know. Let us know if you think it's offensive if someone says stripper or not. Because there (laughs) there could be exotic dancers who are, like... I'm stripping it up, so... So true. It's just on the show. They're like, and the strippers come. Like, it just sounds like, I don't know, like, they're talking down about these girls or something. But I don't know. That just might be my opinion. I'm just going to say dancers. But the girls show up, the dancers, um, they, it's like the party's getting started. The guys show them around the house and the girls, you know, get changed into dancer outfits. Mm-hmm. And the party's turning up. Everyone's having a good time. But all of a sudden, it's around like 2.30 in the morning. So a little time has gone past. And one of the doors, the front door of the house, just busts wide open. And three armed men come inside the home. One man has... One man. <laughs> one man has an AK-47. Oh, God. The other two men have 9 millimeter handguns. One is definitely in charge and is the leader. One of the guys who has the um, nine mil milliliter, I think, was like the leader. Milliliter? Millimeter. Sorry. <laughs> milliliter would be like. He has nine milliliters. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The nine millimeter. <laughs> He's like kind of the leader taking charge and talking the most, I'd guess. The one with the AK did say at one point. Well, actually, I'm not sure which one was the leader, if it was the one with the AK or the 9mm, but one of them was obviously in charge. And they do say that the one, this isn't funny, they do say the one with the AK said to everyone at the party, if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm gonna make this chop a dance. And he (laughs) fired off a couple rounds into the house. And one actually hit the light and caused all the lights to go out. So imagine oh how God. scary that would be. Damn. You're right. It's not funny, but, like, the drama here is so high. It does seem like a An episode movie. of Euphoria. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, the lights are out, and it's, like, super tense. These poor dancers, too. Poor I'm, everyone. I know. And all of a sudden, the two of the men, the one with the AK and one with the one nine millimeter guy... Open fire on the crowd of, and 
let me remind you, it's like 12 to 15 people in a living room, so crowded space to open fire on. They're basically sitting ducks. Yeah. And the three men run out after they have sprayed the crowd of people, basically, with bullets. Did they take anything? Yeah, they did. They took some stuff, like, they took the money from the men and, like, their jewelry and valuables and ran out. So, wow. that's the little preview to that. Damn, that was messed up. They did, it, it seems like they kind of just did that for no reason, but, okay, I'm sure you'll tell me why. Yeah. So, you know, let's backtrack. Let's talk about the twins involved in this case. So, Dante and Dante were born August 1st, 1984. Their names are literally spelled, like, one letter differently, and I really thought they both could have been pronounced Dante, but it's Dante and Dante. I was wondering if you were going to start this and, like, the twins were going to be the dancers and not, like, the... (laughs) No. They are boys. Is it D-A-N-T-E and D-O-N-T-E? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. And let me just say... Their pictures, they are identical. Like, they look so alike. Truly so alike. Oh, I can't wait to see. Yeah. So, they were born in 1984, as I said. Their mom, sadly, was notable in the community for uh, her substance abuse issues and smoking crack. Mm. The twins sadly were bounced from house to house when they were younger because their mom couldn't adequately take care of them. So they really raised each other and looked after one another from an early age. So even though there's obviously a bond between twins, they were really all each other had. So they had like a heightened bond. Some codependency. Perhaps. In school, both the boys were mentally challenged. And I don't mean like class like that was classified mentally challenged like they had low IQs so they just really struggled in school and they both needed special services to kind of get by in school Mm -hmm. in class Dante was more of the hot-headed one who would start a fight or just get agitated a little easier and Dante was more laid back and the chill brother when they were six years old the boys did go back to live with their mother But she had a good amount of boyfriends throughout the years who were in and out of the house. And some of these men did abuse um, the twins' mother. Hmm. And I think they had to witness some of this abuse. So I'm sure this left them feeling really hopeless and kind of scared. Yeah, and not to mention developing a sense of, like, anger in them that you kind of have no control over your life and what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And... When they were twin, or um, when they were twins, when they, were, they twins. were always twins. When they were teenagers, they did start to smoke weed daily and began using ecstasy pretty like frequently. Ooh. Yikes! They were intrigued into just like the drug dealing scene. They saw drug dealers on the streets often who made a lot of money and looked flashy and stuff. And the boys believe that this was an easy way to make money. And it, I mean, especially I'm sure seeing your mother do drugs and stuff, it's probably just normal to you if that's all you've ever grown up seeing. Yeah. And if you don't have anyone 
if you don't have anyone looking out for you and encouraging you to go yeah. to school to make the right decisions, obviously it's going to be really easy to get involved and if in And school that. is already hard for you, like, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure this is just not the smartest solution, but one of the easier ones. Yeah, so. and I know, I feel like they're going to go on to do horrible things based on what this podcast is about, but so far it is really sad that their life has been so difficult and they didn't do anything to deserve that. Yeah, I agree, which, uh, I mean, as sad as it is, I feel like that is how a lot of these stories start, so... True. It's just like, we should pay attention to the warning signs before it's too late. True. But anyway... They were intrigued with the drug dealing scene, and they did both begin to dabble in dealing drugs, such as crack cocaine. They were doing this in a shady sort of area. Uh, They would actually sell their stuff, like, in little capsules that they kept in their mouth, so if the police, like, would come up or come up on them real quick, you could just swallow it. Never heard of that before. Didn't you be high as hell after that? Well, it's like in the capsule when you break it open. <laughs> oh, and that's so... what the stuff is in. You know, it's not okay, like. Gotcha. I mean, My I'm bad. sure if you swallowed it, it would get you messed up, but I guess that's better than getting caught. True. So, and they, they must have been doing this at a young age because at 14, Dante moved out of the home because he couldn't deal with his mother's drug use anymore. But Dante was kind of a mama's boy. Not in a bad way. He just was really close to his mom and loved his mother. So he Mm -hmm. didn't want to leave. So the twins were actually separated for a little bit at this point. Mm -hmm. But shortly after, Dante did get caught selling drugs. And after he had moved out, he had to go to a correctional facility, like a what they call a juvie type place, because he got busted selling drugs. Was their dad ever involved in their life? I really don't know. They never mentioned their dad, so I have no idea anything about their dad. Okay. I assume no if they don't mention... If yeah. they If they were being bounced around from different people and their dad wasn't one of those people, I assumed he's not involved. I would agree. Okay. So during this time, Dante dropped out of school while Dante is in, like, the juvie center... Dante becomes more involved in drugs and in the street scenes more, I'm sure, because he's probably looking for more friends and connections now that he's flying solo. When Dante was in the juvie facility, he kind of got back into school again, and he ended up graduating high school from the detention center, and he was improving his behavior and trying to get an education. When Dante gets out, I'm not sure how long he was in there, but it kind of been a whole, like, maybe some months or whatever. But he gets out, and when he gets back, he obviously gets back in touch with Dante and can see that Dante is more into selling drugs and more... I guess he had built himself quite the reputation when Dante was, like, in the detention center. He yes. had built more connections. He had, like, a group of guys now who was kind of in his circle who was doing some of the drug dealing for him. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was like this... He's I, not the same as he was before. Yeah, he has built up a, a, what I guess they would call a good reputation for being a drug dealer. So, even though Dante had kind of been getting his act clean, 
he falls back into this lifestyle with his twin brother, Dante, and they are both selling drugs, not to physically together, but operating this like little drug dealing business together. Mm-hmm. And they would be called, both of them would just be called twin because they looked so similar. It was easy. It was easy for them to just say like, one of us will get it to you. I'm sure. That's kind of hilarious because I'm assuming people didn't know which one of them that they were meeting. Exactly. (laughs) And I don't think that the brothers would say, you know, like it'll be Dante or it'll be Dante. They just said like one of us. So they just became known as twin. It's obviously not funny because it's drug dealing the, what they're doing, but just the fact that that is just funny to me as a twin, because there have been times where a hundred percent I'm looking at someone and I know in their head, they think they're talking to Jackie. So yeah, that's just totally. why it's kind of funny. <laughs> totally. But they did have distinctive features, I guess. That's what you would say. So Dante had a tattoo that said money ain't a thing on his neck, I believe. And he had gold teeth, a couple bottom, uh, gold teeth. And he had some other identifying tattoos. And Dante had an ankle tattoo that said soldier. So they have some tattoos. You can't identify them if you tried. The neck one sounds more easily identifiable. Okay, you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. The neck one would be um, a clear indicator of which one you were talking to. Both twins, though, do end up racking up more drug charges as the years go on. And these ones must have been a little serious because Dante was looking at four years in prison, but Dante being the amazing twin that he was decides that he would just take one of Dante's charges so they could have similar sentences and get released in similar times. And so his brother wouldn't have to spend four years locked up. No. Like, that is really... I would do that for you. I would do that for you, too. But it's crazy. Like, I don't think a lot of people would do that for someone else. So... I guess it is crazy and it is admirable. Even though what they're doing is horrible, it is admirable. Like the through, brotherly bond. Yeah, through all the trauma they've been through, they're still going to stick with one another. But, like, push each other to get better, guys. Come on. Agreed. And the government, like, the prosecution really couldn't tell who had been doing what, since they would often just be known as twins. So, Mm. they couldn't really say for sure who was doing what. Oh, that's tricky. And in the end, Dante got 13 months instead of the four years because of Dante taking, like, his time. So, Dante got 18 months. Mm. Wow. But they were both released, obviously, and it was, like, in 2004 when I think they were released. This was also the time when Dante finally met somebody. He met a woman that he ended up falling for, and the two are in a relationship together, and they have a child together. And Dante moves in with her to help raise their child together. And he kind of wanted to have a family, and... People say that he enjoyed being a dad, from what they could tell. Oh. Also, around these years, Dante was going to the strip club a lot, and he met a dancer there whose name was Angel. People think that Angel was probably attracted to Dante for his money and kind of like his street cred, which was, I guess, a hot reputation that he was this 
drug pin and had flashy stuff and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was attracted to him. And in one day in 2006, Angel and Dante are together and Angel's on the phone, I'm assuming, with one of her girlfriends talking about a private party that she was going to be dancing at that night in Eustace. And Angel was saying that the guys there said that they had a lot of money and Dante is like hearing all this and so he hatches this plan that... He is going to rob the guys when Angel is dancing for them. Did he tell her this? Well, yeah. Oh. So he calls his twin, Dante, to discuss the details and get kind of like a crew together of people who are going to go do this. And they thought it was going to be a good amount of money based on what Angel had said on the phone. And... They just kind of assumed, I don't know exactly what was said to make them assume that it would be a lot of money, but they just anticipated that these guys would have valuables there too. Angel does know of this plan and she gets two of her friends who are going to come dance with her at the party. And did they know? Of a robbery, yeah. Like they knew that they were going to rob the guys of their, well, no, not the other two girls, no, just Angel knew. Damn, Angel, now you're putting your friends at risk? Like, this could be trauma, and you're not even gonna let them know? I know. That's messed up. Dante tells Angel to take the girls to the party, and he's gonna follow closely behind in a different car. So the group drives up from Orlando to the party in Eustace, and Dante and Dante and two other guys that they're friends with park about a half block away from the house. So the dancers get there around 1 a.m., and all the guys were hype. Kisan Evans, he's one of the party goers, he shows the girls around the house and says that they are going to make a lot of money that night. Josh Daniels is another party goer. He said that the guys all made drinks for the girls and showed them around, and they were all just like excited to get the party started. They show them a room where they could change in and, you know, like, just get themselves ready and all that stuff. It seems like they were really nice, honestly, to the dancers. Like, they were really respectful and stuff, making them drinks, trying to make them feel at home. Yeah, that's sweet. They gave them a room and everything. I like these guys. I did read reports that uh, people there were smoking marijuana and some might have been using ecstasy, but... I don't know, you know, if this is true. I just read this in one article, mm-hmm. and it does say that I think some of the girls might have taken ecstasy, too. That really doesn't play into this at all. It's just, you know, it's... It's a party. Yeah. That's it's all there party. is to say. It's a party. Exactly. It is certainly a bachelor party. It's a party. Bernard Blunt was another party goer. He had actually came last minute, and he worked in the school system. People said he was a really great guy. And he just went to the party to have a release, you know, from your day-to-day work to have some fun, pop some bottles. Mm-hmm. At the party, it's, like, all going as normal. And when the girls are in the back room, Angel actually communicates with Dante on her cell phone, saying that the guys uh, look like they have money because they had, like, nice chains on and stuff like that. And she basically tells Dante, us girls, we're getting changed. Like, we're going to go out and dance for them soon, I think. 
Okay, but just because they look like they have money, it doesn't mean, like, they have anything on them. They're at yeah. a bachelor party at someone's house. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I, I don't know. But that's what they say. And so, Angel's telling Dante all this on her phone. And they go out, and they dance for a bit for the boys, for the guys. They're dancing, doing their thing, and it's all fun. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said before, it's, like, 2.30... When Dante, Dante, and their other comrade bust open the doors, guns blazing, and they say, everyone get on the ground. They make the guys take off all their jewelry that they have, and obviously Dante threatens them and fires a couple rounds so he knows they're serious. The men do hand over all the money that they have and their jewelry, But when the twins counted it up, it really wasn't as much as they thought. Mm -hmm. So Dante gets angry and thinks that the guys are, like, hiding it or there's probably more cash or valuables in the home. Kison says that the money is in the back bedroom, so Dante goes to investigate. But he comes back empty-handed and says there's not more money or really any more valuables. And this pisses Dante off. And he kind of just loses it and screams out some expletives. I think he says, like, y'all, whatever, think I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And he just starts shooting. He shoots Keyson Evans, and one of the shots hits him in the knee. I believe he actually shoots him point blank in the head, too. Oh, my God. And is Keyson is killed instantly from this. Josh is one of the people who is shot, and sadly so is Bernard Blunt. Josh ends up surviving this whole night, and in a taped video of him in the hospital recounting what happens, he says that he was shot and just laid there and played dead, and one of the men, I think, walked by and stepped on him, and he just acted like he was dead and just laid there. Guys, there's nothing wrong with ever playing dead because so many stories people survive from just playing dead. So, yeah. Uh, could you even imagine how scared you would be? No, I truly cannot. But uh, after they've been shooting for a couple minutes, a fourth guy runs into the house who's also wearing a mask like the other three men. And he's obviously the driver and he says they need to leave. They've been there too long. They need to go right now. And the four robbers run out with about about 2K in cash and about 2K in valuables. Did they shoot Angel? No, they didn't shoot any of the dancers. They just shot, like, at the men. Okay. And police arrive just a couple minutes after this whole thing has happened. I'm assuming because somebody probably called after hearing all those gunshots. It's 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. So the officers come in, and it is dark in the room, but they hear moaning and sadly people struggling they see the dancers running down the hall but at this point they just let them leave i don't know exactly why i don't know why you wouldn't want to hear their statements i do not know but it just says that the dancers just run out of the house so police didn't even question them no how do you know that the dancers are not the shooters if you're not questioning them i have no idea but they just left they just ran out I have... And they didn't even know who they were. Like, they didn't take their names or anything. But I have that's found all the I'll problem. Say. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, yeah. Oh. And as sad as it is, the gunmen were in the house for only, they say, 10 minutes or less. Damn. Like, all of this in 10 minutes or less? Yeah, real quick. 
Wow. So, and in that time, Willie J. Shelton, William Robinson, Robinson, excuse me, Joshua Daniel, Keyson Evans, and Anthony Blunt, who I, I'm, his nickname was Bernard. That's what they call him on the show is Bernard. They were each shot. So five people were shot. Yeah. Oh my God. Joshua Daniel was one of the first to be shot and he had uh, several gunshots to his hands, thighs, abdomen, and torso. He spent 18 hours in surgery to remove the bullets and he had to be treated for approximately 20 entrance and exit wounds. What? Yeah, like, because they were just shooting so many bullets. Luckily, even though these wounds were severe, none of them were fatal, and Joshua did end up surviving and recovering. Oh my gosh, that's a miracle. 20 enter and exit wounds, and you still survived. God's plan. Willie J. Shelton was shot once in the stomach and the forearm, and his injuries actually caused him to be hospitalized for two years. Oh my god. Blunt was shot in the chest, the right thigh, and the left hand. He did survive for a while initially at the scene. No. He was praying and asking for help. But sadly, he did pass away later on at the hospital that night. Oh my god. I'm sad. Yeah. William Robinson was shot in the stomach and in the shoulder, but I believe he survived. Okay. And Keyson Evans had been shot and killed in the face instantly. So they killed two out of the five that they shot. Yeah. And they're lucky that only two passed. Oh, totally. all of those gunshot wounds could have been fatal. Exactly. Bernard was survived by an older sister who was obviously just devastated by what had happened to her brother. Mm-hmm. None of the neighbors had really seen anything except for people running from the scene, but, like, they really couldn't provide much about them. And, like, the men had all taken off right after it happened in their vehicle, and the dancers had left, too. So, it's just so sad when people literally die for no reason, when a complete stranger comes in and murders you. Like... No reason at all. Those are things that I really... I feel horrible for the families because how do you put that behind you? That someone you love was killed for no reason. Yeah. At a party they thought was going to be really fun celebrating them, their friends. Like, so sad. Who does that? So that night when the dancers left, Angel drives the girls back to Orlando and Dante called her and asked if they were okay and tried to calm the girls down. And Dante and Angel arranged to meet up at a gas station on a major road leading back from Eustace to Orlando. And they met up and stuff, you know, there. He had said that he was angry because they didn't have enough money. And, like, it just did not go as planned at all. Clearly. Yeah. Angel actually dropped off Dante at his mother's home where he was living at the time. Josh survives obviously and tells the police like everything that he knows he says that he thinks the whole thing had to do with the dancers because he just said like 
One of the dancers seemed like they were more in charge than bossy. He just said it was like he had a feeling that it was had something to do with the dancers or at not least to that mention, they were involved. Yeah, not to mention this entire thing happened an hour after the dancers showed up. It's exactly. Kind of just, if it was a random robbery, then they picked the one house on the street that had 15 people in it, which doesn't make any sense because why would you rob a house having a party? And dancers, so you're going to have cash there. Like, you're going to have cash to give to the dancers. So it does just seem, like, too coincidental. Yeah. Police don't know the names of the dancers, though, because they ran off. Come on. So they have to start going to strip clubs all over the area and looking for the dancers. And eventually one of the dancers just comes forward to police and admits that she was one of the girls at the party and that she was really upset that two people had been killed and that she was unaware that that was going to happen, obviously. She said that her friend, Angel Glenn, had a part in setting this up and she knew from the sound of one of the shooter's voice that he was Angel's boyfriend, who she only known by the name of Twin. Damn. And she said that they had, yeah, like Angel and Twin had met up at the gas station, you know, all that stuff. Police bring in Angel Glenn to talk and she recounts the robbery in Eustace. She's nervous and like sweating, but she doesn't say that she knows the people involved and she's hesitant to give up any more information. Girl, give it up. We already know. Yeah. But they do figure out through cell phone records that Angel had been on the phone with Dante Hall around the time of the murder. So they just basically say that to her and she knows that she's caught and she just gives in. Good. And she says, yeah, Dante listened to my phone conversation. He knew I was going to be dancing at this party and he devised this whole plan. And 10 days after the murder, Dante is arrested he says that he was not in use this and he was not the man who did it, but they hold him for custody and eight months later, they take Dante in for custody. I'm not sure what they had that like led to finally arresting Dante, but it was some months before they did. Maybe they just couldn't prove it because all of the texts were between Angel. Yeah, but I never know how they figured out that he was there. Maybe just because, yeah, that is true. I don't know. I'm sure they had some internal information that they used to connect the dots. So they are facing a lot of charges, two counts of murder, uh, a couple counts of attempted murder, some charges for robbery. There's many charges that the twins are facing. And I don't believe, though, that the other, the third and fourth person were ever identified or charged. They do say that Multiple people who survived this say that it was the twins who were firing. It wasn't just Dante. It was two people who were firing the guns. Still, I think that third person should at least, you know, oh, the at least... other two definitely should get in trouble. I just don't know if they did because it's like I agree. You might not have been shooting, but in the next couple of days after, you could have went to police and yeah. turned yourself in. And I mean, I'm sure they knew that if you're bringing guns to the scene, it's a possibility. So very true. Dante is facing the death penalty along with his brother Dante, and it could be the first time in history that there are twins on death row. (gasps) Whoa. Dante, in the end, ends up taking a deal and saying what he knows. I guess you could say it's turning on his brother. But I think at this point, it's... 
it's almost like they don't have a lot to lose. It's kind of like save your own, your literal life or you and your brother both die. It's not like they're together in prison or anything like this. Right. I guess I would rather, I don't know. That's a tough question. Would you rather live separated or die knowing you would die? We would die together. Well, you're going to live separated regardless. True. True. And I mean, it's not like Dante couldn't just plead guilty and avoid the death penalty, too. So True. Uh, yeah, but Dante does just take a deal, and he takes a deal for six life sentences. He says that he isn't a killer like his brother, so I'm not sure if he actually... I'm not sure if he denies, like, totally shooting or what. Angel ends up getting ten years for her involvement. Ten years behind bars, which I do think is surprising and I'm not, I mean, she totally was involved with this, but I do think that if they didn't have Angel, they wouldn't have been able to figure this all out. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised she got 10 years for what she did. I'm surprised they didn't cut her more of a deal for her spilling everything. Yeah. It almost seems like they cut her basically no deal. (laughs) And I'm like, they played you. They basically did. Whoops. That's that. Yeah. Make better choices. Uh Uh-huh. Dante ends up getting the death penalty, and he was on death row. However, in June 2017, the Florida Supreme Court threw out a death sentence for Dante Hall and sent his case back to the trial court just for resentencing. Wow. Uh, Florida had declared that it will apply decisions in recent cases like Hearst v. State in essay v state which held that non-unanimous jury recommendations were unconstitutional so basically because the jury everybody didn't agree to the death penalty they're gonna throw it out and it's gonna be he's going to be resentenced he could still get uh the death death penalty penalty, but it's it's basically either that or life in prison so right it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. <laughs> How do you feel about that as like a lawyer? How do you feel about overturning death penalties because the entire jury didn't agree? Here for it? Not here for it? Um, I don't know. I think it's tough because I think it's like a lot of people just have their own personal beliefs around the death penalty. So I do think it's really hard. But at the same time, we just aren't executing as many people on death row. So it's almost just like, I don't even know because it's, I feel like the people who they do end up executing on death row recently have been on there since like the eighties. So I don't even know. Yeah. It's just tough. I feel like it's, there's a lot of arguments that go into the death penalty that needs to be, like, reworked in general. I personally think that it should be, like, a judge's decision because I do agree with you that so many people have personal opinions. It's for families, I feel like it could be frustrating that a human piece of garbage, like, literally the worst person in the world could get spared just because, say, one person's religion doesn't believe in the death penalty. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but... It's questionable, so I kind of feel like maybe someone in legal power should make that decision. I don't know, though, because then it all falls on one person. uh, Yeah, it's, like, just a heart. I feel like there's a lot of factors that go into that determination. I mean, in this case, yeah, it's... I don't really... I just don't know. 
Because it was just, it seems so unprovoked, like, just for money. Yeah. How callous can you be? And it's really sad because the drug dealing aspect, I don't think that the twins knew any better. But the murdering aspect is way different. Like, I don't know what they've seen growing up, but it's just... Because you and it didn't have... need to happen, like, at all. Just take the money and go. You yeah. killing them got you nothing more. If you were that mad, and I'm not... This isn't even what I'm saying, but you could have just beat them up. You could have, like... Something where they wouldn't have died. Yeah, and I don't think that's right, obviously, guys. I don't think they should have had violence on anyone. But what we're saying is to just take it from that extreme, from just... I am shooting to kill five people when you could have just robbed them and left and the outcome would have been the same. The amount of money would have been the same whether you killed them or not. And that's what's frustrating. And when it's all said and done, they could at least say sorry. I mean, I don't think they've ever admitted their guilt. So yeah, but that's that. They are obviously both in prison in Florida. I'm not sure. I'm assuming they're at different facilities, but I really don't know. It is sad in these cases because I feel like there needs to be just more help for our youth who are out there who don't have parents because it's sad because it's like no youth should feel abandoned or feel like society doesn't care because their parents aren't in the picture. Yeah. And that's really sad, but it's hard because at the same time, it's like, how do you fix those things? It would be an entire society change that would need to happen, but it's just sad because it seems like obviously what the twins did was evil, but it also seems like they never really had a chance to choose their own path in life. And I think it's sad that Dante got on the good path for a bit when he did have services and when he did have people there who cared. So it's like, just kind of shows that it's not that they're just bad people. Like there was potential there. They just never had a chance really. Yeah. No one ever showed them love, which is sad. Yep. But that's that one. Damn. Damn, Jack. It is rough. I am sorry. What a peaceful, snowy, snowy Sunday. Fuck my whole life up. I'm sorry, but I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed the Evil Twins theme. Yeah, let us know if you guys still want us to do more twins. It's crazy. It's already been a year since our first theme, but let us know if there were themes that we did in 2021 that you really want us to repeat. And let us know if there are still themes that we haven't covered that you guys really want us to cover because, oh, you know, we'll do it, baby. Yes. Let us know on Instagram and let us know we still have stickers, obviously. $5 for two stickers. If you guys would like some, we'll send them in the mail to you. Just let us know on Instagram. Yeah. Just come connect with us. We like talking to you guys. So we do. Thank you for listening to another episode and I hope you guys are having a great January And we love you. We appreciate you all for listening. Stay safe and stay warm, everybody. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.